Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Everybody here has a story to tell of what Jesus has done for them. And the thing is, the stories that you're going to hear today are real-life stories. People have come to this place where they realize Jesus is alive, and, they've, and not only does he come alive, but he changes people's lives. And I'll, t- I'll start here. Jesus has changed my life. Has he done the same for you? Is he not just some, some story that's told in history? Is he actually somebody who's really alive and has changed the way that you live your life? Not only has he done it for me and for you, he's done it for countless other peoples. Let's just say in the area of the millions and possibly even the billions. And if I could just take you to Mark chapter 8 today. And it's a story that's told and the question is answered. That's the quintessential question. Every person that's ever alive, that ever lives, will have to answer this particular question. And I'll read it to you. It's in verse number 27. And Jesus and his disciples went to the towns of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, they asked, he asked his disciples, Who do men say that I am? And they answered, Well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others one of the prophets. He said, But who do you say that I am? And Peter answered and said to him, You are the Christ. And he warned them that they should not tell anyone else. So the question that we have today is, is, who do you say that Jesus is? And see, the thing is, is if you could answer that question correctly, you could say the same thing that that homeless lady said. You'll say the very same as, let me tell you about my Jesus. Let me tell you that he's just, no, just not some other prophet or another, another man like Buddha or Gandhi or, or Krishna. He's not just another man in history. He is the Son of God. He's the Savior of the world, and He does things for people that beggars description. So let me tell you about my Jesus and who He really is. See, men, I've always tried to distort the perception of Jesus because they asked the people, they said, who, who does people say we, who does people say I am? And people would say, oh, you, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're John or Elijah reincarnated. Some would say that you're just a, a man among men or a man of power or a man of, man of God. And that wasn't the answer that Jesus was looking for. So he said this. He said, okay, okay, okay. But who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And Peter said to him, you are the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the Savior of the world. And those two answers make all the difference in the world. See, because saying he was a prophet really was an insult. Saying he was John the Baptist or Elijah was really a dig because the Messiah came to save people. And to deny that he was the Son of God was to deny that we really needed to be saved. If you've lived in this world for any length of time, you know the world needs to be saved. After all the years of human history, there's still wars. After all the years of human history, there's still sickness, there's still famine. There's still little boys and girls that go to, go to bed hungry at night. If there's, <coughs> excuse me. if there's ever a day that we need to be saved, it's today. But the, question that Peter, but the question that Jesus posed and that Peter answered is that you are the Savior of the world. Let me tell you about my Jesus. 
See, Easter is about that, the, who Jesus is. 1 Corinthians says it like this, If Christ has not been raised from the dead, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If Jesus didn't rise from the dead, let's talk about for just a second the consequences of that. What if Jesus really didn't was resurrected from the dead? If that's the case, listen to me. We're wasting our time today. Every church, every missionary, every printed Bible, just waste of paper. Every preacher man's wasted their life. Every tithe that was given is a misuse of funds. Every song ever sung was unproductive and a waste of good air. Every hospital with a Christian name should close. The Red Cross should be disbanded. Every orphanage, homeless shelter, feeding shelter, every JBQ quiz machine should be destroyed. Every lost one that we've lost, every loved one that we've lost, we will never see again if Jesus is not raised from the dead. But what if Jesus is raised from the dead? What are the benefits of that particular thing? If Jesus is raised from the dead, we ought to do everything we can, everything we just heard about, and more to tell people that he really is alive. Everything that's ever been done in his name is well worth it. Every sin's been forgiven. Every transgression I've ever committed is stricken from the record. Every time I confess my wrong, he's faithful and just to forgive me and cleanse Every remnant of guilt and stain has been washed away. Every alcoholic can be set free. Every abused child can find healing. Every downsized, homeless, overlooked, destitute woman can have new hope in a place called heaven, in a person called Christ. Every person that has ever been buried and gone on before us, we will see again. If Jesus is raised from the dead, all those benefits times countless more are ours as believers in Jesus, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20 says, But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead. And that's good news. If Jesus rose from the dead in the midst of a war-torn world, in the midst of an abortion, in the midst of lost hopelessness, in the midst of depression and anxiety, you and I can still look at tomorrow with a smile on our face and joy in our heart. Amen. Are you getting the picture? Are you seeing the picture of a loving God who has such compassion and such care for people that he'd go to all kinds of lengths to show you how much he cares about you? He would do anything he had to do just to prove that he has love for people and, and not just random people, but individual people. And there's not a number to God. You're not numbered 12,321,000. You are the only you. You are the only fingerprint that, that God has of you. And you're special and important to him. And he realized that you and I had to have a way to be redeemed, to be changed because of sin that had wrecked our lives. Just as they said in this particular, this particular reader's theater. And some would say, okay, well, well, all right, preacher, what about can he do anything else? Yeah, I got you. He saves people from their sins, but what else can he do beside that? In our story that we read, Peter called him the Christ. 
Christ being the Messiah, the chosen one, the one who was to, to come. And, and what's so special about that, if you go all the way back into Genesis chapter 3, you see that when mankind fell, when Adam and Eve partook of the fruit that God had forbidden them to have, and when God began to pronounce judgment upon them, God announced in Genesis chapter 3, he said, I'll put enmity between the, the Satan and the woman and between your offspring and hers, and he will crush your head, and you will strike his heel. And he began to speak there about this particular Redeemer who would come and restore what was lost in the garden. What was lost in the garden was so much more than, you know, they had got kicked out. But fellowship between God and man was severed. Perfection and peace was done away with. It was, 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 was done away with, and then God had to find a way to restore that. And the way he restored that, the plan that he had was to send Jesus to change and transform people, to come and not just save us from each other, but to save us from ourselves. How wonderful is that, that we can be forgiven from our sins, but not only that, but he can also deliver us from the effect of our sins as well. He can save you from heartache. He can deliver you out of shame. He can deal with sickness and disease. He can help us through divorce. He can walk us down the road of being abused or bullied. He can save us from, sometimes he can't save us from wars, but he can save us from the effect and the hurt of war and PTSD. Right now, in this world somewhere, there are people that are crying out to Jesus because of the ravages of war and the effects of it. And Jesus is helping every single one. Scars that come from the trials of life. The scars that are on the scars from the trials of life. Can Jesus do anything but save us and get us to heaven? And the answer is a resounding yes. There's good news and there's hope in this world. Because even from these scars, He can heal us as well. The reason that He can understand, the reason that He can do that, because He came as a man. And He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. You say, what does that mean? Since when He was here, He felt pain, just like you and I feel. He cried tears, just like you and I cry. He felt the, the emptiness and that that that. that place of sadness and of loss. There's times he laughed out loud. There's times he rejoiced. There was times he had great peace, but there was times he had turmoil. Isaiah says it like this, he is despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrows, he's acquainted with grief. He was despised and we did not esteem him. He has borne our griefs. He's carried our sorrows we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. In other words, he knows what you feel, and he has the power to help. In the Bible, all you theologians, he had gone one day to a funeral. The funeral was for his friends, for his friend Lazarus, who had two sisters, Mary and Martha. And he waited, actually delayed before he went there, and so when he got there, Lazarus was already in the tomb. He'd already passed away. The viewing was going on. People were bringing meals to the family. And Jesus walks on, walks up on this scene. And Mary and Martha are weeping. And they're saying, Jesus, if you had been here just a few days ago, 
our, our brother would not be dead. And Jesus, in his wisdom, sat there and looked at, surveyed the entire scene, people weeping. Such a young man, he, life shouldn't have been taken away from him. Disease had riddled his body. and He had died, and it shouldn't have happened like that. And the Bible says this. It's one of the smallest passages in the Bible. The Bible says this, that Jesus wept. And theologians, all the smart people, they'll give you all the different reasons why. Some would say, well, he was looking ahead to his death. And some would say things like he understood what was going to happen to him. That could have been the case. But I wonder if he didn't weep and cry because he was sad. Because he felt the pain that they were feeling by losing a loved one. Every person here. If you lost a loved one, you felt that pain. You felt that heartache that, that, that takes place when, when somebody leaves. And Jesus felt that pain. So how can Jesus identify with where I'm at in my life? He can identify because he's been there himself. He's felt those feelings as well. There's a movie called The End of the Spear. I encourage you to watch it. It's based on a true story of a missionary named Jim Elliott. Gone to the the jungles of Ecuador, to minister and to share the gospel with a group of savage Indians. And as he went there, <clears throat> the savage Indians did not take mercy on him, and they killed him and his other four missionary friends that were there as well. And his own son later went back to the same place, to the same people, and even to the same man and evangelized and ministered to that people. And won them to the Lord. And there's a point in the movie that's interesting. Because the man that had killed his daddy was one that the son had reached out to. Brought him in. Actually made him literally a part of his own family. And the question is, how could he do that? How could he love people that hurt him? See, because he'd been touched by one that was touched with the feelings of his infirmities. And even the people that caused him the worst heartache in life, he could still love. I ain't never met anybody in my life like Jesus. Can I tell you about him today? Can I tell you that he's not like any person I've never met? He makes do, people do things that I could never, ever cause them to do. He makes people do things that are, are defied the odds. He can help people even to love the one that's hurt the people that he loved the most. did stuff for people that could never has never been repeated. Some would say, well, yeah, I get that, preacher. He's done things for other people. What can he do for me? Yeah, I heard you say he did that for Peter. He's done that for 12. He's done that for Jim Elliott, his son. He's done it with people throughout the world. But what can Jesus do for me? That's good news today because he's a very personal kind of God. He didn't have any special favorites in his, in, in his family in a bunch. He's never healed me. Why do things always happen to me? I didn't deserve to have those things happen to me. If Jesus is so great, why did he let the things that have happened to me happen to me? Why did my, get, my parents get divorced? Why was I hurt in a relationship? Why was I born with physical handicaps? How come I got hurt at church? How come I got fired and it wasn't even my fault? And let me just say this before we kind of give, give you just a, a picture that's not really accurate. Sometimes life does get out of control. And it's good to be in line with the one who has everything under control. 
Because when life gets out of control, you need somebody who can help you get it back together again. So let me tell you about my Jesus. <laughs> Nobody ever wakes up and says, boy, today I hope I get cancer. <laughs> Nobody dreams, you know, when I grow up, I want to be homeless. My goal is to be a drug addict. But I mean, I sure hope I get to be bankrupt one day. But there's a God, and his name is Jesus. And he can speak peace even in the midst of a storm. He can do things that nobody else can do because he's like nobody else. If he can defeat death, which we celebrate today, other things he can do that defy description as well. If he's that kind of a God, if he's that kind of a Savior, if he's that kind of a healer, maybe he can help you right where you are today. But here's the thing about Jesus. You got to take the first step. You got to. You have to ask him for help. He's, he's so gracious and kind, he won't force himself on anybody. He doesn't. He's one of those that, that really is not going to. He gave us all a free will, gave us free choices to make. But I found something. That any time I gave Jesus something in my life, he always did something fantastic with it. The day I gave him my dreams, he did something incredible. There's one day I gave him my goals. There's another day I gave him my friendships, who I was going to hang around with. One day I gave him my ministry. I said, whatever you want. One day I gave him my reputation. I said, doesn't matter what people think about me. The only opinion that matters about, of, of, about me to me is, is what you think about me. The day I gave him my pain, he took it. The day I gave him my dating relationships, who I was going to date, the day I gave him my free time, the day I gave him my business, the day I gave him my, t my kids was the day that he became Jesus to me. Was the day that I began to say, let me tell you about my Jesus. The day that I gave my life and everything to Jesus is the day that he began to do something wonderful. And I can't deny it. Just like Peter can't deny it. Just like the apostles can't deny it. Just like millions in the world can't deny it. And that's the day he became my Jesus. Can I pray with you? Father, in Jesus' name, today we celebrate who he is. And we celebrate what he's done. And he doesn't just do it for a select few. He does it for whosoever will. And when we see what he does for us, God, we got to go tell somebody. And tell him, let me tell you about what Jesus has done. Let me tell you how he touched me and he healed me. Let me tell you how he walked me through the roads of life. Let me just tell you about the one that's the Savior of the world. And I pray today, not one person today would miss out on this simple truth. And so I give you praise and thanks in his name.
Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grows your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.